Chapter 69 Half an hour later, we were gliding and swooping over the Place de la Concorde on a gorgeous sunny morning in Paris. If we weren't trying to stop a bunch of crazies from blowing up the world, it would have been great. As it was, the closer it got to noon, the more people poured into the enormous plaza, and the more I realized just how many people might lose their lives right in front of me if we couldn't figure out what was going on and how to stop it. The four of us, me, Dylan, Nudge, and Iggy, pulled out all the stops. We dive-bombed the crowd, making them scream. We did death spirals around the obelisk, that I hoped were not omens. We shadowed flocks of pigeons and imitated their movements. It seemed like everybody in the plaza had their eyes glued on us, spellbound, making anyone engaged in nefarious activity easy for us to spot. Throughout everything, I maintained a raptor lookout for Angel and Gazzy, lasering in on everyone working around the stage, every member of the DG I saw. Fang and his gang were in plain view. Well, not Star so much, what with all the zipping around. They were handing out copies of the Enhanced People's Manifesto, selling t-shirts, and generally walking about, and, we hoped, gathering some intel. An MC had taken the stage and was starting to whip the crowd into a frenzy, announcing their special lineup, the musical guest, and the huge fireworks display at the end. But still no Angel or Gazzy. Dylan and I were flying in tight formation, moving our wings with split-second precision so we wouldn't crash. I wondered if they had noticed, or if it bothered him. I still noticed Maya. A lot. Every time I saw her, it was like getting salt water in my eyes all over again. Suddenly, I realized that Dylan had shifted his position to fly barely two feet above me, matching me wing stroke for wing stroke. What are you doing? I asked, craning to look up at him. I like this view, he said. I frowned. What do you mean? I like watching your power, he said. You're a beautiful flyer. Your hair is streaming through the air like a silk ribbon. The sun is shining on your feathers. And I'm just glad to be here, with you. Even if we are trying to stop mass destruction. My face burned. Once again, when I was feeling at my most vulnerable, Dylan was somehow there, saying the exact right thing, reading my mind. Can you read minds? I asked. No, Dylan said. Not that I would tell you if I could. He gave me an infuriating smile, and then rose higher into the air, looking graceful and strong. Everything was so messed up. Max! I almost looked around, but then realized I was hearing Angel's voice in my head. Angel? I thought, studying the crowd anxiously. Where are you? Are you okay? What's going on? Danger, Angel told me. Max, such enormous danger, I can't even tell you. We're in the sewers, beneath the city. We've never faced anything like this. I'm scared, Max. My heart pounded in my chest as I scanned the city streets below. Where are you? I thought. Under the place de la Concorde, Angel told me. Her thoughts were fuzzy, indistinct. Just then, my eyes focused on a small black dot, right outside the barricades around the plaza. It was an open manhole cover maybe two feet in diameter. Angel was there. I was sure of it. I tucked my wings against my back, angled down, and shot toward the small opening at a hundred miles an hour. I'm on my way, I thought. Chapter 70 Trying to fly through a target that small was like trying to spit from the top of the Empire State Building to hit a nickel on the ground below. But I'd done it before, and I knew I could do it again. I just needed to focus, and for everyone to stay the heck out of my way. Max, maybe you shouldn't come down here. I don't know if we can fix this. 
Angel's fuzzy, troubled thoughts said to me. There's just too much. This might be the end. I couldn't even think as I plunged downward. I tucked my wings back tight, pointed my hands forward, and dove into the darkness. As soon as I was through, I tucked myself into a ball and flung my wings out wide. I hit a hard concrete floor and tumbled, scraping my face and hands. But my sneakers and my wings helped me stop. I skittered forward, slightly out of control, and halted just inches from the narrow canal that flowed through the sewer system. Phew, I thought, then heard a whoosh. Something big and heavy plowed into me from behind and shoved me right into the water. Ah! I said, as it followed me over the edge and landed in the water with a splash. I could see Dylan well enough to whack him hard on the shoulder. Thanks. A girl always loves to take a dip in the sewer, I said. He scrambled up onto the bank and held out his hand to help me up. I ignored it and got out by myself. What, what are, are you, you doing, doing here? here? We spoke at the exact same time, the exact same words. He answered first. Saw you go down, he said. Followed you. I tried to shake some water off. I got a message from Angel, I said, scanning the tunnel. She says there's massive danger down here, something too big for us to fix or deal with. So, of course, you immediately came down. Yeah, that's the way it works in the flock, I said. And you just left Nudge, Iggy, and Total alone up there? Dylan shook his head. Thang and Maya showed up, just as you took your dive. They said they'd stay with him. Max? Andrew's voice trembled inside my head. I turned this way and that, as if I could get a trajectory on a thought. Where are you? I asked her. There was a long pause. Then Angel said, This way. I just slowly tried to follow her thought, and when it felt right, I started walking. What kind of danger? What did she say? Dylan asked quietly. I shook my head, trying to listen. The water trickled by in the middle canal. I heard the skittering of small feet, heard the clicks of insects, but nothing else. This way. I think she's nearby, I said softly, frustrated. It's not clear. She's not giving me directions. Max. Dylan took my arm. Are you sure that you're hearing Angel? I stopped in my tracks. After a moment's reflection, I nodded. It sounds like her, I said, and not many people can send thoughts. Dylan hesitated looking around. It's just, if this is a trap, it's a really good one. Max? I hadn't felt Angel seem this frightened in forever. Where are you? I thought. What's going on? I can't ever tell you, Max. Angel responded. Not ever. Just that now I know for sure what kind of evil they're capable of. Chapter 71 We're coming, Angel. I thought. Later, I'd find a way to get her to tell me what they did to her. The concrete was smooth, wet, and slimy, requiring careful foot placement. My heart was pounding, and I felt jittery with dread. At first, I thought the dull roar I was hearing was water rushing somewhere. But as we walked, I realized it was the sound of the crowd above us. The rally was heating up, which meant time was running out. I hope these tunnels are sturdy, Dylan whispered. There are probably 5,000 people up there, at least. I nodded. I couldn't tell exactly what was happening, but the waves of sound swelled and receded as the crowd got more and more excited about the Doomsday Group's message. Again, Dylan took my arm. He leaned down and spoke into my ear, almost inaudibly. Up ahead, to the left. They're behind that wall. I glanced into his eyes, 
He looks certain, but cautious. We flattened out against the wall and sidled forward, moving noiselessly, breathing very slowly, totally in sync with each other. Another five yards. Then I thought I heard Gazzy's voice. Just ten. He said. No. Angel said. Five. No. I shot a knowing look at Dylan, but he had too much experience to feel glad yet. They could be in cages. This could actually be a trap. Any number of awful things could still happen. Slowly, I edged around the corner, listening so hard my ears hurt. The screams, chants, and clapping overhead were starting to drown out everything else down here. With Dylan behind me, I sank down to my knees and eased forward so I could see. Gazzy and Angel were alone in a huge, cavern-like room, reminding me of the subway tunnels in New York City. There was a grate of metal bars at the entrance, but it had been left open, as if someone had left in a hurry. I stood up and stepped forward. Angel saw me first. Max! I saw relief on her face, but she remained quite still, and soon I saw why. She was completely surrounded by explosives. Chapter 72 Max, said Gazzy. Look! He waved his arms at the piles and piles of what looked like silly putty. Big, huge bricks of silly putty, which had wires running to them. On the wall was a digital clock with large red numbers. It was counting down. The sewer tunnels beneath the Place de la Concorde, where thousands of people were awaiting their new beginning, were packed with enough C4 to make a crater the size of Texas. France is a bit smaller than Texas. Thank God you're okay, Ainge, I said, my throat tight. Did they hurt you? I'll tell you later, said Angel. Time is running out. Gazzy and I came down here to check out some stuff we overheard at the DG headquarters, and- Max? Gazzy broke in, practically vibrating with excitement. Have you ever seen so many explosives? No, I said. Not even close. I guess this is the big fireworks display they were talking about, Dylan said. Suddenly, a new voice spoke up from the darkness. I bet you're right. The four of us spun around. We assumed battle positions, even as my brain realized that it was Fang, that he must have followed us, and that fighting in a room full of plastic explosives was probably not a good idea. Where did you come from? I asked, rattled. I saw you go down, said Fang. I came to help. My sense of pride flared up, then quickly faded. The days when I preferred to fight the bad guys with one wing tied behind my back were gone. The more help, the better. Maybe I could just keep ten chunks? Gazzy asked wistfully. Small ones? No. no. Dylan, Fang, and I all said in unison. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of plastic and it's wired to a detonator, I said. C4 by itself is actually pretty stable. It needs something to ignite it before it will explode. But what's in these big metal tanks? It's marked XV. Gas toxique. Angel said. Is that a cute French wave saying we're surrounded by a completely lethal gaseous nerve agent? I asked. Angel nodded unhappily. Perfect. A quick glance around showed almost as much poison gas as explosives. When the C4 detonates, the VX will be released too. Dylan realized. All those people above us. I said. The full horror slowly sinking in. Those sewer pipes go all over. Said Gazzy. Some of them go out into the ocean, and some go into Belgium and Germany. They're really old, and they all seem connected. They'll carry the poison pretty far away, and it'll seep up through the drainage grates. Is there no way to dismantle the timers? Thing asked. They're complicated, Gazzy said. 
but I've seen them before. I wish Iggy were here. We can grab him, I said, but Feng shook his head. When I left him, he and Andrew were circling back with Maya to find the gang. We'll never reach them in time. What does the timer say? I asked. Gazzy looked. Seven minutes. Is that enough time for you to kill it? Feng asked. I think so, Gazzy said. He traced a set of colored wires from one timer to the next. I can probably do it in about five minutes. I've always wanted to work on one of these. I was torn and looked at Fang. He understood. Gazzy could stay and try to save everyone, possibly sacrificing himself in the process. Or I could order him out of here, saving my whole flock, but condemning thousands of innocent people to certain death. It was my call, because I was the leader. I'm great at thinking on my feet and making snap decisions, but this, this was a big life-or-death choice. I felt stuck, and every second counted. Dylan touched my back gently, as if to tell me he knew it was hard, but he'd understand whichever way I went. At least, I hope that's what he meant. I think Cassie should stay, Angel said, looking up at me, and I'll stay with him, to help. I'm not as good as Iggy, but I can do whatever he tells me to. No, not you two, I said. I'll stay, Fang said. With three of us, we'll make it work. He turned to Gazzy. Get going. Be fast, but careful. Fang is right, said Dylan. I realized I couldn't fix the situation. I couldn't make the perfect decision that would save everyone. I had to trust their instincts. And I had to do what I could. We need to go warn everyone in the plaza, I said, trying to kick my brain into gear. We need to get as many people out of there as possible. I didn't say it, but we were all thinking the words, just in case. Angel nodded. Yes, you guys get going. She looked at me one last time. It'll be okay, Max. I'll be with you always, no matter what. And Max, I believe in you. Forever. Chapter 73 Dylan and I raced down the tunnels as fast as we could. I was overjoyed to see the shaft of light coming from the open manhole. How do we fly up through that? Dylan asked as we skidded to a halt. I grabbed the ladder rung set into the cement wall. We climb. Once we were out, the normalcy of the street scene made what we'd encountered below even more surreal. Without worrying who might see us, we launched ourselves into the air and rocketed back to the stage in the middle of the Palace de la Concorde. Iggy and Nudge, no Maya in sight, were still flying, performing for the audience. On stage, I saw an older teenage girl, talking to a headset, walking around, smiling. You want to be saved, don't you? She said. Yes! The crowd roared. You want to be safe in the arms of Mother Earth when the apocalypse comes, don't you? Yes! And you, your children, and your children's children will be safe. Will be saved forever, because of the choices you make today, said the girl, turning serious. Then she smiled and walked to the other side. And what's the way to the future? The one light! The crowd roared. They were practically hysterical with excitement, and I wondered if they'd been given some type of drug. I couldn't tell. All I saw were beaming faces, fists raised in the air, people waving signs, kill the humans t-shirts. T-minus five and a half minutes. Let's get this show on the road. I am down at the stage, and the girl caught sight of me. Look, everyone! She shouted into the microphone. That's the future of the human race. Enhanced is where it's at. That's the promise of the one light. 
The crowd cheered and applauded for my enhanced self. I continued flying at full speed, and the girl's expression went from delight to confusion to concern in a matter of seconds as I streaked toward her. I buzzed her close enough to mess up her hair, then grabbed the cordless mic out of her hand. Everyone, there are bombs under this plaza, I shouted with no preamble. You have minutes, maybe seconds to save yourselves. Everyone get out of here as fast as possible. There are bombs and poison gas under the plaza. I glanced at the girl, where I'd expected to see outrage, anger, excuses thrown out to the audience to keep them there. There was... nothing. Just smiling, serene, calm. She'd known about the impending disaster awaiting the crowd, awaiting her, and she just accepted it. Her tranquil smile tore at my heart like long, icy fingers. It was terrifying. Scanning the faces of the crowd was even worse. I'd banked on screaming people swarming the exits like frightened cattle, knocking down the metal barricades. Or, at the very least, some vague murmurs of alarm. Instead, they were nodding at me like puppets on strings, smiles painted into place. The icy feeling within me was growing. They wanted to die. Every last one of them. It's a trap! I bellowed at them, frantic. There are bombs under this plaza! Bombs and poison gas! Don't you get it? Get out of here! Scram! Save yourselves! Save the planet! Kill the humans! They chanted. Support the future of enhanced society! Dylan swooped beside me and grabbed the microphone. How are you going to get enhanced if you're all blown up into little pieces? He yelled. They actually cheered. Every ounce of energy seemed to leak out of me, and I felt like giving up right then. If everyone wanted to go up in one big firework, who was I to snuff out the spark? But then I glanced over and saw the determined look on Dylan's face as Nudge and Iggy dropped on stage for backup, and I remembered who I was and what I was here for. These freaks might have thought they were saving the world, but that was my job, and they were going to play by my rules, which didn't involve any of that kill-the-humans crap. Fight time. Chapter 74 Then a sort of riot broke out, but it wasn't the outraged, we-don't-want-to-die kind we'd hoped for. A bunch of the one-lighters jumped on stage and made a beeline for us, mumbling about merging with the promise of enhancement. Truly horrific. Nudge and Iggy were going all fight club on some DG guards, who were heavily muscled, as if they'd already received enhancements. But it wasn't those dudes who were giving them trouble. My flock were pros. A roundhouse kick there, a karate chop there, and the guards were toast. It really was just like riding a bicycle. No, it was the kids, the culties, who were the real problem. Picture Michael Jackson in that thriller video, surrounded by flesh-craving zombies closing in. That was us, but our dead-eyed suicidal zombies all had angelic grins pasted on their faces as they pawed at our wings. It was like they wanted to claim us. Ick. The mob was a living, breathing sponge, hundreds of kids deep, and after spending my developmental years in a cage, claustrophobia? I has it. They were clutching at us, pulling on our feathers, touching our arms and our faces. How do you fight a swarm of sickos who want to die and don't mind taking you with them? And all this while the countdown to D-Day continued. I was panicking, really panicking, for the first time in at least a few days. And as I glanced around, the overwhelmed faces of Dylan, Iggy, and Nudge were not the least bit reassuring. Right on cue, Maya showed up, gang in tow. They were able to rip through the crowd, in part because the first Colties didn't seem to understand that the gang was enhanced as well. Kate grabbed armfuls of Doomsday Kids, four or five at a time, and hurled them out the exits. When she'd cleared a pathway through the crowd for us, 
She picked up two huge lumbering guards and swung them upside down by their feet, one in each hand, while Nudge boxed their noses, dodging the rush of blood. With space cleared, we could use our wings again, and attack from above. Meanwhile, Ratchet seemed to sense every attacker coming his way, and, on top of that, seemed to be kicking it with some old-fashioned hand-to-hand combat. He had teamed up with Iggy, who was a natural spinning, whirling dealer of pain as he punched, kicked, and chopped his way through the onslaught of guards. They both looked pretty happy. And Star, the blonde girl, had hit on the biggest jackpot of all, sort of by accident. She was using her hummingbird speed to flit in circles around the guards, who looked so dizzy and confused that it was almost kind of pathetic. But the key thing was that when she was zipping around, she was making this high-pitched, super sped-up that seemed to crack the doomsday code of brainwashing. These kids were covering their ears, but that sound, and some common sense, was getting through. Star had done for these kids in ten seconds what it had taken angel hours of mind coaxing to accomplish. They were snapping out of it, and running for the exits. Huh. Wish we'd figured that out sooner. With the mom no longer singing Kill Miss Carols, maybe we could wrap up this little party and make sure Angel and Gazzy were safe. Though with Fang there, of course they were. He wouldn't have left them. Right then, Ratchet signaled to us, and Dylan spied something I couldn't quite see on the side of the stage. His face twisted with rage as he pushed me out of the way. Look! He started to say. Then suddenly, his voice cut out and I saw him spin like a top. Blood started flowing to the ground, spurting out like drops of rain. Hey, and thanks for listening to another episode of Maximum Crime, a bootleg Maximum Ride audiobook podcast thing. I am your Olive Marky, and we got a few messages on the Spotify Interact Q&A thing. The first one is from our bud Emily, who said, I'm still wondering... How can Angel make a cult even though she's a child? P.S. My name is pronounced like Emily. Thank you, Emily. First of all, I am horribly sorry for mispronouncing your name. I don't know why I thought it was pronounced Emil. I don't know. I'm not very good at reading. But (laughs) yeah, Angel is kind of OP. Luckily, this isn't her cult. Although, based on everything she's been doing in the books, it sounds like she could make her own cult if she wanted to. But we're, we're lucky she hasn't, I think. But yeah, thanks for writing in, Emily. The next one is from AK, who said, Good day. My son Anton and I have still been loving your versions of these books. Have you read Red Rising? It's my favorite series, and I try to recommend it any chance I get. Keep up the good work. Thank you, AK. I'm glad you and your son are enjoying these books. They're a lot of work, but they're really fun to do. And I like putting my own little spin on it sometimes. I have not read Red Rising. I looked it up so I could see if it would be something I'm interested in. And it absolutely sounds really cool, so I will read it at some point, and I was gonna try desperately to read it before this episode came out so I could use it as the recommendation for this week, but my library has it on a four-week hold, so it's gonna be a little bit before I read it. But the synopsis sounded really, really interesting, so I plan on reading it soon. But thank you so much, AK. I hope you and your son continue to enjoy this thing we got going on here. All right, and our last Q&A thingy from this week is from Axolotl, who said, I wonder what will happen with Angel and Gazzy. I don't know, it's been a while since I read this book, and this was one of the ones that I didn't read over and over. So I actually kind of forgot what happens with them. But uh, they're, they're kind of in dire straits in this one. So I guess, I guess we gotta wait till next week and see. All right, that's all the announcement type things that I have for this week. So we are going to move on to the recommendation for this week. 
this week's recommendation is the game series Just Dance. Yes, I am recommending Just Dance in 2023. Me and some buddies got together to play it this past weekend, because someone found their old game set somewhere. And it's actually still really, really fun. We played 2 and 4, which came out... Just Dance 2 came out in 2010, and Just Dance 4 came out in 2012. I will admit, I'm very biased. I was a teenager during that time, and everything that happened when I was a teenager was good. (laughs) But no, uh, we played it and we had a lot of fun. I'd forgotten about a lot of the songs, and it was really fun to revisit them. But yeah, that's my recommendation for this week. I will leave some sort of link in the show notes. I'm not sure. I'll I'll figure out something to put in the show notes. We'll see what it is. But yeah, uh, if you have a copy of that from when you were a kid or something, try to dig it out and see if you can find it. It's still really, really fun. If you want to get in contact with me, you can email me at MaximumCrimePod at gmail.com or hit me up on my Tumblr over at Maximum-Crime-Pod. And if you want to leave a rating review, that would be super cool of you to do. Alrighty, that's all I got to say for this time. So, until next time, fly on.